Welcome everybody back to the GIR. We are super excited this week. I uh, got a great show for you. I'm going to have Kyle make some introductions here in just a second, but uh, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we've got some good stuff coming. Kyle? Yeah, welcome again. A uh, bit of housekeeping. If you haven't already, we appreciate you going to wherever you get your Apple podcasts, leaving us a, a review, giving us a thumbs up. Uh, shout out in the comments section. As always, we appreciate you listening. But today, we, uh, we're still wrestling with that issue of COVID in, in the business landscape, certainly in golf. And so we thought no better way to kind of investigate what's happening with business meetings and conferences, et cetera, than to get Mark Simon, Vice President of Golf Events for Reed Exhibitions. And perhaps, re, uh, Mark, maybe an early entry point is just globally, what's, what's going on with the meeting space and how is Reed handling this sort of worldwide? Because it's, it's not uh, local to golf, if you will. Uh, all industries are facing this. And then and we'll transition, obviously, to some exciting news you guys have. Uh, that sort of replaces the, the August meeting, but the PGA show connects a virtual summit and a series of webinars that I know all of our listeners have asked about and will want to participate in. So look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, no, definitely. And again, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. And I've enjoyed your previous shows. So um, again, we're dealing with times that I think none of us have ever uh, planned for or experienced before. And you know, from a worldwide perspective, um, obviously, the impact on events um, and face-to-face -face gatherings has been significant. <laughs> That's probably an understatement. Um, you know, as you know, most large events, you know, around the world um, have been canceled or postponed. Um, you know, being a part of, you mentioned Reed Exhibitions, um, you know, it's times like these where we're really, you know, grateful to be a part of a, you know, such a large company that's very well diversified. So Reed Exhibitions, you know, runs 500 events around the world, but also, um, you know, our parent company is involved in healthcare, insurance, uh, the, the legal industry, science, and we're very well diversified, very well positioned uh, to weather this storm. And, you know, at the same time to learn from other events that, that have come back around the world. Um, so there, there were some events that, large events that have restarted in China already. And to kind of share best practices, learnings from all of our other divisions around the world in terms of kind of what's working um, in terms of bringing events back. Um, and more importantly, from a virtual and, and digital perspective. So um, again, having been with, with the PGA show for more than 20 years, we've worked our way through post 9-11 through the 08, 09 recession. And, you know, one thing is that, you know, people crave face-to-face -face contact. Uh, the show is resilient. It's a great opportunity for the world of golf to get together. And, um, you know, we're planning accordingly um, for, you know, it seems like it's, you know, it's six months away, but it could be six years away, but it's also right around the corner. Um, things are changing so, so dynamically right now. So we're doing everything we can to, to plan down many parallel paths for what could be coming down, down later in the year. Yeah. Well, of course, like so many people, I was sorry to see that the uh, August meeting in Vegas had to, I guess it's officially canceled, it's not even postponed. And um, I know Rob and I were looking forward to seeing each, each other out there uh, along with our colleagues. So your sort of condolences are sorry about that, but you guys have responded, I think, in a very exciting, innovative way. Why don't you tell us about the Connect uh, series of webinars and the virtual show you've got kind of planned to replace? Yeah, well, first of all, let me just reiterate that the health and safety and wellness of our audience is first and foremost. And 
again, in terms of any decisions regarding events, including the, the PGA fashion and demo experience, which was scheduled for August in Las Vegas, working very closely with health experts, the CDC, government and local officials, um, you, know, the you know, the convention center or the venues that, that we're involved with, as well as listening to feedback from, from our audience, from exhibitors, from attendees to get their feedback and their feelings. And, you know, the decision at, at that point uh, that we made it for the Vegas show was really a no brainer. And I think that's kind of bared itself out as we've seen kind of how things have, have developed. Yeah. Um, at the same time, we've been focused first, you know, on what can we do to help the golf industry weather this storm. And we actually think it's a great opportunity with the influx of, of new players the demand for play, the fact that golf takes place outside, the, you know, the physical fitness benefits of golf that, you know, we think the, the industry as a whole, as we work through this, can actually emerge that much stronger long-term. Um, so, you know, in addition to, to donating to the Golf Emergency Relief Fund, and we've been able to connect exhibitors who are producing PPE uh, equipment. I know you had Billy Dratty from, from Summit Brands on, and that was a great interview. And and again, there's a number of other brands that, that are producing that equipment. We've been able to, to connect them digitally with attendees who are in need of, of PPE and other equipment to, to help them at this time. So we're really focused on how can we help PGA professionals? How can we help golf industry buyers? How can we help the golf industry as a whole? Um, and at the same time, then kind of ramp up what we're doing on the, on the virtual and digital side. Um, in addition to the PGA Show Insider, which is our digital communication we're excited to announce the launch of PGA Show Connects, which is a 365, 24-7 platform. It's gonna have a series of, of webinars and educational programs from industry leaders, uh, an exhibitor marketplace um, with, with the capabilities to, to have appointment setting to really connect exhibitors and buyers, um, and what we're calling an engagement hub, which will house content, uh, really relevant and significant information from our allied associations, um, and other information that could be a real resource to the industry during these these difficult times. Um, you know, the, our theme for PGA Show, Show Connects is innovation through change. And I think all of us are kind of working through that. How do we adapt to, to these dif difficult circumstances and some, in some ways reinvent ourselves or do things completely differently than we have in the past? So um, our webinar series kicks off on, you know, later this month in July. Uh, we have topics ranging from inventory management to using technology uh, to change the experience at, at a golf course. You know, we have Ben Sharp from Top Golf leading that webinar. Um, you know, others tied to you know retail and the state of the industry. Uh, you know, others that that will really um, help PGA pros figure out how to take all of the new players and the interest in the game, and then translate that to longer term regular play. From, from those new players. So we're really excited about the webinar series. And then, you know, you mentioned we have a virtual event on August 18th that will be um, in lieu of the physical PGA fashion and demo experience. And we're gonna be excited to have, you know, Seth Wall and Susie Whaley from the PGA of America kick that off with an update. Uh, we have a virtual fashion show. We have some really high level education uh, not just focused on the PGA tracks of golf operations, executive management and teaching and coaching, but again, other timely and relevant topics based on what's going on right now uh, with COVID and how that can you know, help a PGA professional further their career, drive more revenue to, to their facility 
and just adapt to these changing times. And then really some fun uh, digital networking opportunities, which uh, we'll have more details on, on that later this month. With regard to that, Mark, um, we talked a little bit you know, before we started recording here today, companies like the one that, that I'm a part of the leadership on, um, smaller companies in the, in the golf industry that, are, that fall on the exhibitor side of, of everything within, within the shows you host, we, um, we definitely rely in, in, in some part on these kind of connections, this, this exposure that we can gain. And, and I really kind of feel like, um, you, you know, companies of our size could potentially be impacted the most by, by changes in these types of shows. Uh, you know, not to diminish anything that some of the larger companies are doing at the shows, but they've got a pretty established connection that's there and a, a relatively developed need, if you will, uh, you know, within Greengrass operations for their, their presence of product on the shelf or, or whatever it may be. Um, so as far as exposure, awareness, whatever, what's, what's kind of the path for some of these companies, people listening to us right now, to gain some of that exposure through some, as a replacement, if you will, through some of the, your Connect series, whatever else you have going on right now. If they want to be involved, is the opportunity there? How would they go about doing it? Is it something you guys are just doing and selecting? What, what, what happens at this point for those companies? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And I think that, you know, the show is such an important vehicle to connect small to medium-sized brands with PGA professionals and buyers. And, um, you, know, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head and we're gonna, you know, not everybody might be familiar, but one, one, one perfect example of that is something uh, that we have face-to-face -face called our one-to-one -one, uh, events where exhibitors before the show uh, actually starts can, uh, through us, again, meet with some really key influential buyers and PGA professionals in the industry via one-to-one face-to-face physical meetings. So we'll be uh, replicating uh, that opportunity to, to connect with PGA professionals and key buyers virtually uh, in a very similar way to, to how we um, have done it on site. Um, you know, I think the virtual fashion show is another example where we're gonna be, um, again, piecing together uh, snippets, video snippets uh, of um, outfits um, in a very creative way, um, not just from the largest uh, brands that are out there, but for, again, from small to medium-sized companies as a way for pros to preview um, kind of what's out there in the apparel and fashion world. So. Um, again, we feel that offering direct, a direct conduit where exhibitors connect with attendees is one of the key parts of what we're going to be doing um, in the digital space. I assume this is the same across pretty much any vertical out there with any show you guys are doing. You're, you're producing the same kinds of things for within those industries too right now. Yeah, and again, that goes back to the, you know, the power of read exhibitions worldwide. Again, we have so many different shows in different industries where we're able to take best practices and learnings from what they're doing digitally and to incorporate them quickly across other shows. So uh, again, I think, you know, we bring buyers and sellers together. So however best we can replicate that in the digital world, we're experimenting with a lot of different pathways. We, we know the, you know, the one-to-one -one concept works really, really well but we're also leveraging some of our matchmaking capabilities based on interest on the buyer side and what the exhibitor products are to, again, facilitate even more matches. And, um, you know, without getting too much into the nuts and bolts, we're really excited about uh, what we have to offer. So should we jump into the elephant in the room, so to speak, or the, the, the three rooms? I think a lot of us uh, talk about it all year long. We plan for it all year long in some aspects. Um, 
whether it's planning for the travel, which is, uh, you know, an element itself, whether it's planning for what our booth is going to look like or who's going to visit or what's going to happen. And then of course, from the PGA pro side, you know, who's going to attend, what's going to happen, who they're going to catch up with and network with. What's the word on January and the big show and um, you know, at least options that you guys are exploring right now, because I'm guessing that there's nothing concrete, you know, any one direction just yet, uh, maybe kind of set us straight there. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and, you know, um, you know, I wouldn't really say it's the elephant in the room, but I do think everybody has that question. And everybody's wondering about it. We're, we're trying to be as transparent as possible in, in our planning process. Um, knowing that, again, I think I alluded to this earlier, the event is, is six months from now. And again, in some ways, that seems like it's six years away. Uh, on the other hand, it seems like it's right around the corner. And as we work our way through the summer and into the fall, a lot of companies are trying to formulate their plans. Um, you know, from the buyer and PGA professional perspective, it's a little bit later in terms of when they're going to ma be making decisions, but right. um, I'll try to give you a kind of a snapshot into our thinking and, and what we're going through, knowing that um, just if you look at other areas of our lives right now, um, you know, my daughter's a, she's going to be a sophomore at UConn and uh, she's supposed to be back August 15th. She still hasn't, they still haven't confirmed her housing <laughs> and what that's going to look like. Right. And they're still working through what you know, what that's going to look like when the students return. Same thing on, on the school side with some of my other kids who are going to be, uh, at, you know, in high school um, in, in late August, early September. And again, they're still finalizing plans. You just heard from the PGA about the Ryder Cup um, scheduled for later, later this fall. So, so I think my point in that um, is that people are kind of in that almost one to two month planning window where they're really making decisions because things are changing so quickly. So we don't have a crystal ball. We're not going to be able to, um, you know, know what's going to happen come later this fall or into January. We just have to make the best decisions that we can using the info that we, we have now. And what we're doing, and again, the health and safety of our audience is first and foremost in our planning. But again, we're working very closely with health ex experts, uh, guidance from the CDC, um, both national and local officials, um, the Orange County Convention Center, which is, which is actually back open for business. They have a large volleyball event, believe it or not, uh, scheduled uh, next week, which is bringing in 10,000 uh, players. Um, again, physically. Do they stop play and sanitize the ball in between each hit? You see all of the list of guidelines and, and <laughs> protocols that they have. Right before you spike that, let us clean it. We'll throw it back up there for you again. So. But they have, you know, you know, Orlando, and we know Florida is in, in a tough time right now. But Orlando and, and Florida are, are tourist um, destination, and and you know, Disney's reopened. Um, other entities have put together very detailed plans for for how they can reopen. So we're looking at what other um, very respected entities, hotels, the travel industry, obviously colleges and universities and schools. Um, we have a health and safety task force uh, actually at Reed Exhibitions. I'm actually a member of that task force as are several of our other team members. And again, using all of the guidance from, from the experts um, that we're in consultation with. And then at the same time, having conversations with our customers. So, um, you know, on a regular basis, getting direct feedback uh, from our exhibitors, from our key buyers, from PGA professionals, from the PGA of America, from other allied associations, from you know, the NGCOA who, who brought their golf business conference to the show last year and who we have a long-term partnership with. I know Jay Karen was on, on your show as well. Yeah. Um, other show stakeholders, our advisory board, and just continually listening to, to feedback, um, which is guiding us in, in our planning. 
Um, at the same time, we talked about read exhibitions and kind of the global reach and kind of insights from other industries. We're putting out a series of surveys um, once a month where we'll be able to, to gauge the responses and then look at how behaviors change over time. So that could be in regards to thoughts and feelings about uh, taking an airline or, or you know, a flight, um, feelings about uh, large gatherings, um, a, a number of other questions that will help us use data and insights and analytics um, to guide us in our decisions. Um, so I would say we're in the process right, right now. It's info gathering, paying really close attention to what's going on, leaning on, of course, health, and, you know, health, health ex experts, the CDC, local government officials, the venue, and then planning for any number of possible scenarios. And we like to talk about there's probably two extremes <laughs> uh, and right. then probably 20 possible paths between those extremes. You know, one extreme is an event, you know, a face-to-face -face event. I wouldn't say similar to what it was last year, but everything with the show is gonna be different this year, but, you know, a significant face-to-face -face gathering um, with all of the health and safety protocols in place. Um, and those health and safety protocols, you know, the, the core tenants of those are cleaning and sanitation, physical distancing, uh, you know, show layout and logistics, um, special events and conference and education and what those events could look like. And then, you know, screening, health screening and, and medical response. Um, but, you know, we have pages and pages of, of, of guidelines and protocols um, and regulations that, um, you know, if we are able to gather face-to-face -face, that, that will guide us and, and provide the best possible environment for a face-to-face get-together. Get and the other extreme, you know, what you saw with the PGA fashion and demo experience is an event cancellation um, and an all virtual event. Um, and then many, again, many different pathways in between. Without getting too much into the details, you know, you know we can share, um, and I think this is logical, you know, demo day could play an enhanced role. It's outdoors. People in the golf industry are used to being outdoors. Um, outdoors seems to be uh, an environment that's a little bit more conducive to get togethers. Um, you'll probably see less very large exhibits and significant um, exhibit builds. Uh, we want to work with our, our vendors on controlling their costs, um, potentially bringing less people. Um, so I think that, you know, you'll see probably more linear space, more physical distancing, wider aisles. Um, and then, you know, I think without a doubt, whether it's an all virtual event or a hybrid complement to our face-to-face -face gathering, you'll definitely see more on the, on the virtual digital side. And, you know, again, if the industry feels um, comfortable and that, that it makes sense to, to get together, then we'll move forward. But uh, again, we're way far away from making that decision. And we're trying to keep our audience as best informed as we can based on, on the info we have now. Yeah. It's a daunting task, and I don't uh, envy the position you guys uh, are in and trying to manage the, the health concerns, the safety concerns, travel, logistics, uh, as, as well as the business initiative that all the vendors and, and, and media count on, count on the show. So, um, you know, we'll just continue to, to support you guys however we can as, as you evaluate information and, and options building up to that. No, we appreciate that. Again, as we said before, we're focused right now on what we can do to help the golf industry emerge stronger and better than ever down the line. Um, hopefully some of our virtual and digital uh, new platforms will really help with that. And then um, we'll see kind of how things play out through the summer and into the fall in regards to, to the merchandise show and, and planning for it. 
You talked about at the top of the call, not not the PGA, but Reed ex exhibitions and some of their worldwide events. A few of them maybe coming back online here in Asia and Europe. What, if anything, are you seeing uh, as as different protocols for attendance at those? Are, are face masks required? Are there temperature checks at the you know when you usually hold up your badge? Are you now getting your forehead scanned? Anything like that that you're seeing around the world? Yeah, I mean, it depends again on the local venue and what's going on in that in that country or that um, area. Um, yeah, I'm not going to talk to specifically um, the, the protocols and procedures, but it could be anything from like we talked about before, enhanced cleaning and sanitation. Um, you know, definitely different layouts, wider aisles, more physical distancing. Uh, there could be screening, like you mentioned. Um, you know, a, a, as people come into a venue. Um, masks could be part of the equation as well. Uh, it's completely um, dependent upon the local venue, um, what's going on in, in that country and the guidance from, again, health experts, um, the CDC, or in those cases, the WHO, and again, local officials and the, and the venue. So again, looking at, at any and, and all options in regards to um, health and wellness of, of attendees in our audience. But again, some really good learnings and, and we're adapting. We, we, we like to use the word, you know, being flexible and agile to adapt and course correct and to improve as, as we move forward. So again, we're taking all of those learnings and, and trying to incorporate them and, and plan accordingly. The, if the one certainty that we've learned in the last few months is that everything's a bit un, uncertain right now. We don't know what's what, we don't know what's next. And, uh, Gosh, I feel like my daughter and I watch Big Brother on CBS. There's a plug, CBS. Uh, their, their big saying is always to expect the unexpected. And I kind of feel like that's, you know, a little bit of a mode we're in right now that we've, we've kind of gotten used to, unfortunately. Yeah. But it, it is what it is, really. Yeah, and I think in the golf industry, I think it's actually been, you know, I think there's been some blessings in terms of being able to bring in new players. I think the demand for play, again, being able to reinforce the positive uh, virtues of golf, again, being outside, um, the physical exercise piece of it. And I, I really think, you know, personally, it's a, it's a real opportunity for the industry if we can capitalize on that new interest to, again, emerge stronger and better than ever as we move out of this. 100% agreed. Well, we'll count on you coming back on the show in you know four or five months as, as plans solidify and, and hopefully share with everybody you know what January does look like. Um, but we have opportunities uh, immediately, as you said, July 28th. You're kicking off your webinar series, managing your inventory, so it doesn't manage you. Um, you've teamed up with the Association of Golf Merchandisers uh, to kind of host that. How, how do people register? Um, what, what's involved so that they can? And attend these series that kick off here soon. Yep, we'll be sending out some uh, email communication to our audience uh, next week, actually, which will have details on, on how to register. So um, really excited to kick off the communication campaign and um, more details to come in the very near future in terms of registering for, for the webinar series. Okay. Well, for those of you listening, we'll probably have that link by the time this airs. And uh, so you can check the show notes for links to register uh, to the webinar series and, and, and other events. Yeah, I, I would say that even if we don't, by the time that this gets published, we can we can pop back in and, and edit it. So anybody that is catching this after the fact too, we'll make sure we get an edit in there for you of, um, you know, if, if you have anything that relates to what we've talked about here today, after the fact, after we've we've published this and put this this podcast out there, we're, we're happy to get in there and edit and make sure it's in there for you too. 
We really appreciate uh, you guys having me on. And again, happy to come on later in the summer or early fall when we hopefully we'll have some more clarity uh, on the on the direction that, that we're taking. And again, we appreciate your support and um, uh, best of luck with, with the podcast series. Really exciting. Good. Thanks. Thanks so very much, Mark. Great. Thank you again. Thank you.